you know what? Fuck the story. <laughs> Fuck the story. I agree. Fuck the story. Fuck it. That's a breakthrough idea. To hell with the story just for this week. Well, and really, really saying fuck the story is like having a story. So, yeah, in a way, we've already betrayed ourselves. The story is we've become so upset with recent events and our friends are dying. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it worked. It worked out for at least one of our friends. Yes. Now he, ha- now he has a new body. That's right. Well, before we touch on that, I must say this is the Enemy Slime podcast episode 10. We made it to 10. And we're just going to keep going because why stop now when so much is going right? Is is this 10? This is our grand 10? Uh, yeah, that's, this is the grand 10. So let's do, do. Let, let's do all the uh, bountiful amounts of roll call we can do today. So we have Jared here with us. That, yeah, that's me. And everyone else is dead. <laughs> so we had to rebuild Jay. <laughs> and in his place, we have the J-Bot... 2200XLP. Right. Yes. Uh, introduce yourself, JBot. This is a JBot. As you can see, everything got cleared up when they rebuilt me. So I'm a new and improved person. Uh, yes. And uh, we've, we've, we've improved his, uh, his language add on so uh, he can speak two languages now. Uh, That's right. He's much more useful, I'd say. Well, now I, can, now I can actually understand what his big mouth is saying. You know, before before it was always just kind of I had to piece it together. That's just one of the smaller upgrades that I have. Yeah, yeah. But thanks to the new uh, Linguo Pack uh, 9200, I can finally really like truly follow along yeah. with the with the things that he has to say. And he has whisks for arms, so he can make cookies if we get hungry, I guess. At a high rate of speed. Whisks, whisks are better for brownies, but um, yeah. you know what? I'll, I'll take anything. All right. I can do them while I'm playing video games. So that's double the productivity. <laughs> Perfect. I feel like we should be playing like beeps and boops over top of this right now. Well, you can always add some beeps and boops in post. <laughs> we don't really have any news stories for today or anything interesting. This is supposed to be kind of the chillaxing podcast, I guess, which took a turn for the worse because uh, Michael's not here and uh, Jay's mortal body is not here. So um, everything's going wrong, but we're going to make it oh so right. I should I should add that, that Michael is not here, but that is very much against his will. Right. Uh, he 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 wanted to be here. Uh, it's just that the 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 gods of wires beneath the city uh, they just didn't want him here quite as badly as he did. That is true. So what was there was there any news this week that was worthy of our attention or um not really. I think we posted about anything that was fairly important. And, of course, the only thing that was remotely interesting to me was, like, Payday turning two, which I'm the only one here who plays Payday, so... See, and I wanted... Um, I, now I don't have the audience for it anymore. I don't know how, how J-Bot feels about it, but um, the uh, Titanfall, uh, they didn't really do... I, I Actually, I do want to cover this for news, because I, I just can't believe that it's happening... I think that the game looks super cool. I don't know if you guys have watched any footage of it or anything like that, but uh, basically it's just a really fast-paced first-person shooter with a lot of like really high jumping and, and you can run along walls and, and propel yourself off walls. And like it's very 
uh, vertically themed combat. So like if you're on the ground, you can be up in the air in no time. Like just run at that wall and climb up it and launch yourself into the sky. And, and as if that wasn't already like cool enough, then you also get a robot. You can call a robot from the skies and and jump into it. And uh, if if someone blows up your robot, that's fine. You just eject and and you can like party. I don't. Have you guys watched any footage of it, either of you? Isn't it like a mech game or something? Yeah, yeah. So okay. so like I said, you you hop in a mech and and uh, bounce around and and uh, play. And it's basically. I, I I mean, it's not the way that I want to describe it, but it's essentially Call of Duty uh, with some you know heavy heavy movement enhancements and. Uh, and fucking mechs that you get to jump in and and kill each other with. And uh, I think it looks like a really, really cool game. And I, when it was first announced, I was like, ah, it's not very exciting. And then they kept releasing gameplay footage and trailers. And it just keeps looking more and more fun. Like, just, just a really, like, big, dumb, good time. <laughs> and uh, But then today, they they announced the collector's edition. It's $250. I know that like collector's editions are standard, but like I think the most expensive one I've ever seen is uh, is like Skyrim. I think had a really pricey collector's edition, and uh, I think that that capped out at like one fifty. The fact that they're asking for two fifty, I mean, like I said, that's that's a Wii U. See, I can't justify that kind of even if I was like even if I had a lot of money, I, there's no way I would justify putting that much into one game, even if it's a collector's edition, even if. Uh, I think that's the way I feel about like Disney Infinity. Also, is it's just like you know you got to buy all the action figures, and you know ninety percent of what you're paying for is the plastic, and it's obviously just kind of a way to make the DLC more uh, interesting for a younger audience, and in the meantime, drain the parents' wallets and make them angry. I guess what I wonder is 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 this something that's eventually going to bottom out? Because you know it's a trend now, like every. Every major AAA title comes with a collector's edition of some kind, and they range anywhere from like a, a steel book and, an, and uh, or a steel case and an art book uh, to like you know oh a, a figurine or um, you know what, what was that one that Modern Warfare Two came with night vision goggles you can get night vision goggles with it <laughs> and and I guess my question is like when will this bottom out where like finally they ask so much that nobody buys it anymore? Well, the other thing is. Um... Some of the stuff you used to get for free anyways, like in really old games. Nowadays, if you want to like get a map included, like a physical map with some game that you buy, it's almost always a collector's edition thing. Um, but it used to be you just often would get a map in the box. So like I'm pretty sure when I bought either Morrowind or Oblivion or something, I, I think it had a map in the box with it. But I know nowadays they just charge for that stuff. So it's some of the stuff is interesting, like, I guess the goggles, even though I wouldn't buy a game and and get goggles with it because I don't care. But um, a lot of it's just they're packaging stuff that they used to give away for free because they're like, well, we can sell it, so we will sell it. Well, then I mean, I know that's why they, you know, you wouldn't offer a bundle like that if it if it didn't work. Uh, so obviously, people are buying it. I guess that's that's my question: is like, isn't I really think two hundred and fifty dollars is is pushing it, or at least I would think that it's pushing it on on people who you know it's it's kind of a, a subset of individuals who I don't usually think of as having a ton of money. I, I I guess there are. There's plenty of people playing video games that have a ton of money, but I don't know. It just it feels 
it feels like a milestone in in steepness. It's kind of like Steel Battalion back in the day with its like three hundred dollar controller that only worked with Steel Battalion. Except this is even more useless because it's just a figurine. You can't even you can't play Steel Battalion with it. Oh my god, what if you could though? <laughs> right, definitely worth it then. <laughs> that would change. That would change everything. Definitely I don't, worth it. Change the equation completely. Because it is pretty hard to play Steel Battalion. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think the interesting thing you just brought up there was how much um, how much money are people going to spend? Uh, you don't think of the people who have a ton of money as being gamers, but there are a few of them in the sense that you have the person who will occasionally drop five thousand dollars on an Alienware, uh, you know, which so, is which you could build yourself for less than a thousand and have roughly the same power. I imagine those sorts of people would also have no problem buying a $250 collector's edition, but I might be wrong. I guess the real question with this is how many people are you looking to sell this to? Well, I, I, that's that's what I'm curious about, I guess, is like how how many of these are they going to run? How how many do they actually think they're going to get rid of? And, and more importantly, like how much will the next one cost? Like Titanfall 2, what am I going to be expecting to pay for the collector's edition on that? Because like I, I've gotten some kind of cool collector's editions, and I probably buy into it more than most people. Um, but I, I've never, I've never cracked 200 on it. Um, that's just crazy to me. Like that seems really wild. I don't mind the idea of a collector's edition for like, um, I think the Metroid prime trilogy was an excellent way of doing it where it's, you know, here's all three of the Metroid prime games. Uh, they're all updated for, uh, the motion controls. They come in a nice like metal tin and it's, you know, it was a reasonable price, I think for all three games. And that's funny that you mentioned that of all things because um, I can go buy the Skyrim Collector's Edition right now. Like yeah, you it's, can't, but it's you can't still get the Metroid one anymore. But you can't fucking find that Metroid Prime trilogy anywhere. That yeah. is almost impossible to track down. Which, and if you find it, it's a ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, it it usually does crack into the two hundreds when I do see it. I don't even know what it is sealed. Yeah. Which but. which sucks because I don't think you can get the uh, Wii versions of metroid prime one and two unless you get it in the collector's edition which sucks that's the only way why not sell them separately or something well that's what blows my mind is it feels like they put so much effort into it like to to port those games i don't know how hard it is to slap Wii controls on something um but it it feels like a lot of effort for such a limited run to to just kind of you know sweep it under the rug and and forget about it or just release the collector's edition again, print some more and just undercut, you know, all the eBay bids that are going on right now and people will still buy it. Absolutely. I would buy it. I'd buy it because I never played Metroid Prime 2. Yeah. If they just, if they just reprinted all the collector's editions and they just undercut the eBay prices for them right now, they'd still sell a ton. And really, I don't know why you'd have a limited edition of something that people really want anyways, because I don't think the limited aspect of the Metroid Prime trilogy is what people that's not what's driving the value of it, I don't think. I think what drives the value of it is that it's a fucking awesome trilogy that's updated to all be played on one console, and that's yeah. really cool. And I mean, that's what makes that one so valuable in a way, is like it's these two games that you can't get in that format any other way. Um, whereas, you know, to go back to, like, Skyrim, you know, it's just it's just a dragon statue. Like, <laughs> it's not... It, I can I can get a dragon statue. 
I mean, the value is in just reselling an old game and making an update that's worth buying. So, you know, I don't have, I've never had a ton of money, but at the same time, I bought the Resident Evil, the Wii version, because it's just such a fucking good game. I played it through maybe like four or five times on the GameCube, and I was like, you know what? I don't mind playing it another two or three times over again on the Wii, especially when it's updated and has all the PS2 content and everything. Yeah, and that's actually one of the few games that I think really worked better on the Wii. That, yeah. that was that was definitely the best version of that game. I was uh, dropping the headshots left and right just because it was so natural. Yeah, of course, The when that does come out, it's the one game where halfway through you don't want to get headshots anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, I I drowned out drowned out your news. The news that we didn't have, of course. Should we save a good game for last, or because I think I think both Robo J and I just have bad games. Yeah, let's just. I, want to be fair. I don't. I don't know if my game is good. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> okay. Well, I know my game is good, so you should go first. Then. So what? I don't even remember what what is it that you have been tasked with playing. So I've been tasked with playing the Showdown Effect, which is um, kind of a two uh, to the platformer deathmatch multiplayer game that came out in April. The whole concept of it is that it's 80s uh, action movie trope. So you have, you know, the main guy, which is uh, you know kind of an Arnold Schwarzenegger Austrian soldier thing. You have, you know, the nerdy girl. You have the spy girl. There's a cop on his last day on the job. Um, so it looks pretty interesting and. I was kind of pumped to play it, even though it's been out for a while, so I probably would shot in the face as soon as went into any rooms. But um, I wasn't able to because I just can't get anybody to play with me. <laughs> the game, for some reason, has this thing where you need four players to go into a lobby before it even starts the countdown. And I always got to like two, three, and then it would just drop me automatically. And then Steam just decided to die. So, so... Uh, I played on the training. It looks pretty good, but... I really wasn't able to actually get on any lobbies and play with anybody. So, assuming you could get four people to join you, and then the game actually did start, would they then be able to leave and you'd still be able to play? That's a good question. I wouldn't know. I, I'll i answer that when I get there. Right, you haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> so, Well, that's good. That's a fun... Sounds like a fun let's, game. Let's say no because that's how it's gone with the rest of it. Man, that was that was the same experience I had with not not to derail from the showdown effect, but do you guys remember um do you guys remember the Shadowrun first person shooter? Yes. It came out a few years ago. Um I picked I picked that up on 360 and it was the same thing where it didn't have a single player mode. It just had uh tutorials and practice and stuff like that. And I remember, uh, you know, playing all of those. And, like, I, if you go back and look at my Xbox stats on it, I have, like, all the achievements for the practice modes. But then I, then I have none for playing the actual game because when I went and tried, <laughs> just nobody was there. And I remember uh, searching for, like, two or three days and uh, just finding, like, an occasional game. Uh, and then it would get disconnected or it would be just about to end. Like I'd join and they're like one minute remaining and something like that. But I remember I finally found a game that I could connect to and I was super psyched and I got in and I don't know if it was because I hadn't played a lot of the game, but my retard brain decided to, I, I saw like one of the cow guys. I don't know my Shadowrun lore, so I don't know minotaurs or whatever. I saw a one troll. of the, you saw a troll. is it a troll? Is that it? Okay, well, I saw a troll, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot that troll. And so I did, and it turned out he was on my team. <laughs> and I got booted from the game. <laughs> and 
I think it's one of the only times I've gotten like negative feedback on my Xbox Live profile, and it's still there to this day. The, there's like there's like a ten percent can't play the game or whatever it is. I don't remember. <laughs> one of them sends me a message. What are you doing, you fucking idiot? <laughs> I was like, shooting I, the I monster. Love, I love the concept of this because you know it's a it's a platformer, a two D platformer with you know the two D graphics going into it. And so basically, you're supposed to jump and strafe and you know shoot the other person, which is not seen a lot in in games these days. So and that was kind of you know hyped to play it, and then it just nobody would play with me. Is the gun like, controlled just with your mouse? Like you just move the mouse around and uh, right. click to fire the gun. Right, and, and then uh, you use the uh, WSD keys to move around. There was there was a game I I can't think of the name of it, but there was a game that came out a few years ago that that played like that. And uh, I remember it looked like a lot of fun, but that was a really helpful comment because I don't remember the name. <laughs> I, I don't know where that genre <laughs> went. It used to be used to be a thing, I would say, for a couple of games where you know you'd have the platformer where you aim with their mouse and everything to shoot or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's like the last time I've ever heard of it. It was like probably five years ago at least. Can you think of any of those games? Like what were they I called? I can't even think of any of them because I don't remember either. I don't think. There's one that's like right on the tip of my tongue, and I just for whatever reason can't uh, can't come up with it. Hang on, this is gonna bother me. 2D deathmatch. Nope, no idea. Because <laughs> now the only time when I think of like 2D and I oh, think nope. of what I found it, it was called Soldat. Soldat, yeah. You guys remember Soldat at all? S O L D A T. I saw I saw a bunch of like free copies of it flying around at one point, but I never actually played it. I was gonna say if you're hankering to play a game like that, maybe you should try that one because I bet people still play it. It was really popular uh, back when I first heard of it. I'll try it out. It can be worse than GTA Online, so you might actually be able to play it. <laughs> oh, I can play GTA Online. There's just nothing to do. Yeah, there's not a lot of incentive <laughs> to play it. You can either, exactly. You can either play a game where you can play it, but there's nothing to do, or a game where you can't play it and there are stuff to do. I mean, it looks really awesome. It's just, you know, and can't play it. It's nice to know that as Jay's uh, essence trans- transfers from body to body and, like, travels through the, the space-time continuum, it's nice to know that, like, the one constant is always GTA Online. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to talk about the other constant? What's the other one? <laughs> Cherry Tree Comedy High. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem here is we programmed the J-Bot too well, so now all he wants to talk about is GTA Online and Magical Girls, and that's going to be a problem. I don't even all think... I, I haven't played Cherry Tree Comedy High, Getting High Club, but... You need I'm, to be high to play. That's pretty good. Actually. What if you did get high? Would it be better? But my, I don't think there are actually Magical Girls in it. I, I think that there's oh, just okay. com- comedic women. It's the same formula, I guess. Imagine, like, you know Persona, but oh, without all the stuff that makes it cool. Yeah, yeah. We we went <laughs> it's, over it's it. A game, it's a game only about social links. So it's Facebook. Pretty much. It, all right, well, do you want to talk about monster trucks? Oh, I really don't, but I, but I feel like I should. I have to. So <laughs> monster truck destruction is the game that has eaten up most of my time this week. Aside from Pokemon, uh, I've, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon. I was anticipating that, uh, that Jay would be coming to, to visit, and so in, in preparation for that, he's always traditionally just destroyed me at Pokemon, uh, either just because he was further in the game than me or because he cared more about it, and I, I don't know, maybe his Pokemon loved him more than me. 
Um, and so I, I played a lot of that to get ready. Uh, and as soon as he stepped off that plane, I'd be like, let's fight, let's battle right now in the airport. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know if that'll ever happen. I might have You don't just... get your luggage until you be- I beat you. Yeah, right, exactly. Just You can watch it go around on the carousel. I'm pretty sure if you start <laughs> chucking Pokeballs at the airport, you're going to get tackled or something. Well, no, 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 we're not going to have a real Pokemon. Well, actually, that might work, too. Come on, use your fucking imagination, man. He gets even... off the airplane, you both th- see each other, you lock eyes, and then you just yeah, whip yeah. Pokeballs at each other simultaneously, and then, like, a Charizard bursts out and starts... You need, so- you need somebody to play the dual music Yeah, in the back while they're doing it. What if, um... What if, like, a terrorist attack happened that way? Like, they used Pokemon. <laughs> Do you think that happens in Pokemon? I, I don't... It could. I guess. I, I don't see why not. I guess Team Rocket are terrorists, in a way. Um, I mean, there's always a terrorist organization there, right? And they use Pokemon as weapons. Because yeah. the rest of them don't. But... <laughs> <laughs> Giving yeah. weaponized lizards to 10-year-olds, but sure. Could you send, like, a coughing in the mail and poison somebody? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> you, oh, open up a package and it's a coughing. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I don't mind that. Um, but but no, unfortunately, uh, I have not just been playing Pokemon. I've been playing uh, Monster Truck Destruction, which is actually, if you go back and look at it, Monster Truck Destruction was actually released earlier this year uh, for iOS. And uh, then just, I think right at the beginning of October, it was released as well for Android. So it's been ported to both major mobile platforms. They, their publisher came to us and, and offered to let us uh, test drive the PC version. Not test drive, because I, I shouldn't say that, because it's in, it's in final like retail stages. Right. You can go purchase it right now. It's only available on a UK-based site, from what I can tell. Uh, but it is sitting in Steam Greenlight right now, so it might it might beat out some other games on there. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I hope not. If there is a God. So it was really nice of them to include us and to, to get us that review code. And, and partly because of that gesture, I really wanted the game to be good. And also, not only did I want it to be good because of that relationship that we were starting to forge, but also... I wanted it to be good because, to to be frank, like I don't like monster trucks. I guess I'm not a real American because of that. But in some way, it's a guilty pleasure. I think it had the potential to be really fun. Uh, like one of my favorite games for the Wii actually is uh, is still Excite Truck, the <laughs> the the launch title. I heard and that was really good, even though it, like looked cheesy as all fuck. It's it's really good, and it's so stupid. Um, and I'll, I'll take a side deviation to recommend if you if you liked Excite Truck in, in any way whatsoever, then you absolutely have to purchase a second game called Excite Bots. I bet you it's like six dollars on Amazon for the Wii, and uh, it is it is incredible. It's exactly like Excite Truck except your robots <laughs> shaped like animals. That does sound pretty amazing. Oh yeah, doesn't that the one where you like you're racing around, but you also have like a bug form or something? Yeah, so you like. Um, there's and, and there's random elements in the in the world that you can interact with. So like you'll go down a specific turn and you'll find yourself uh, facing like a set of bowling pins that you can knock over. <laughs> right. Like and if you knock points. them all over, you get a bonus. Or um, my personal favorite is there's a item that you can pick up. It's a tambourine, and when you pick it up, you have to shake the remote to to knock on the tambourine. And if you do a good job, it it flashes up on the screen. It's like nice tambourine, <laughs> and and then you get a boost. And I just 
there's not enough games out there that say nice tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of them. This is one of those games. Right. So Monster Truck Destruction doesn't have any tambourines, but what it does have is monster trucks. It it actually has licensed monster trucks. The the problem for me is that I haven't heard of any of these trucks, but apparently like these are these are brand name monster trucks that you could go I don't think you could purchase it. I don't know what's involved in in buying a monster truck, but they exist. They they exist and they are real. So that's that's your first perk, and and that was my first thought when when I when I was first kind of scoping this out. I was like, oh, cool. You know, they were obviously able to afford a license for real trucks, so this is probably going to be a pretty good game. I I downloaded it and played it on Android. I downloaded the PC version and played it. Uh, they are it is pretty much a one to one. Uh, like like very very little difference stuff that maybe disappointed me is first of all it doesn't have any controller support so uh you you can play it with the arrow keys up up is go down is break and reverse and then left and right will steer you but there's no like gradients you know the nice thing about a controller with a racing game Mm -hmm. is i can push lightly on the gas pedal uh it's not just on the gas or off the gas and there's there's no support for that you could in theory map the buttons to a controller but you're not going to get that benefit of um you know being able to push a little bit or or something like that. i think maybe and i guess i could i'm gonna go ahead and like maybe excuse that just because i like i like racing games that are kind of more casual like mario kart and they do that as well where it's like you know, you're just pressing on the gas with the A button or whatever, and maybe that's what they're going for. Well, sure. And so I, I'm not even, I don't even think the lack of controller support is a uh, something that I would actually strike them out for. It was something that I was disappointed not to see, but it was something that ultimately isn't that big a deal. Because, And the reason it's not a very big deal is because the trucks just are almost impossible to control. Like, they're incredibly difficult. I can win, like, the first three sets of races, and then after that it becomes almost impossible without flipping over um, or losing traction. Like it, it goes from, it goes from having to really push on the wheel to turn to now you're in a full spin. Like it, it just, it, there's, there's not a lot of leeway between the two. It doesn't feel good to drive. The port is like I said, incredibly lazy, like to the point where they didn't even change some of the text. Uh, so like the, the game in between matches will say tap to continue instead of, instead of oh, click God. to continue. There's a button that you need because your truck will flip over. Uh, it, it, your truck will flip over. I'm telling you that right now. Um, and there's a button that you can press uh, on the mobile version. It's on the left-hand side. And when you press it, it just flips your truck back upright. Uh, and that button is there in the PC version, but you can only get to it by clicking the mouse. You can't map that function to a key of any kind. Uh, so if you want to play this game all keyboard like it really should be, uh, or even if you did dig out a controller and map it, you wouldn't be able to get back upright without getting your other hand on the mouse. I shouldn't say that they didn't change anything because what they did do, what the PC release essentially does, is it gets rid of microtransactions. So the phone release, the the Android and iOS releases, they have advertisements. and You can pay 99 cents to get rid of the ads. Um, they have all these upgraded cars. And if you don't feel like earning the cash to buy the car, you can purchase the car. So all that stuff is out the window with the PC port. Uh, it's just a straight up, you know, here's all the cars. They're not all unlocked. You still have to unlock them by getting cash. But you don't have the shortcuts and the, and the microtransaction pieces uh, that you normally would. That's pretty much it. Like I would say the only reason to get this game is if you're playing the mobile one all the time and you're just super sad because 
uh, there's advertisements on it and you don't want to pay 99 cents to get rid of them, then what you could do is you could pay $15 and get it on your computer. But beyond that, like like even forgetting the fact that I don't think the game is very fun, it the bigger problems happen just like I said with how lazy the port is. Um, I very first played it on a Windows 7 machine and it, it doesn't launch unless you hit the play button twice. So you hit play the from the launcher that they have the game window opens up and immediately crashes, and then the launcher comes back, and you can hit play again, and then the game will boot. Now, I was like, well, maybe that's just my computer, uh, and I just don't have the right you know, PC specs for it. So I went and loaded it on my laptop. Uh, keep in mind, system requirements say XP and up. Uh, I went and loaded it on my laptop, and uh, that's running Windows 8, and it just doesn't work at all. It doesn't even come close. Well, shit. What's this now? Hey! Hey! Um, we need like some kind of introductory music here. Everyone, <laughs> s- special guest. Okay, wait, wait a minute. When I when I Back count from the dead, when I count to three, Michael needs to say something. One, two, three. That was some fucking bullshit. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> How do I sound? You sound normal. <laughs> so I was I was telling them of my plight to launch Monster Truck Destruction. Ah. Um, I actually kind of feel like I went the extra mile here because I went and tried to launch it on Windows 8. didn't work. I upgraded to Windows 8.1, which is, which is actually a pretty major like 3 gig upgrade, uh, and it doesn't work on that either. So public service announcement, <laughs> if you're considering buying the game and you have an operating system uh, post-Windows 7, I would not recommend it there. Hmm. It does not work. And I, I can empathize. I can empathize with an indie uh, developer who you know doesn't have the time or material to test all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure this game is made in Unity. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I've played the, uh, plenty. Does the launcher have like a um, resolution option and then a second yep. tab with controls? Yep. This game was made in Unity, and I have played tons of Unity games that work just fine on Windows 8. As a matter of fact, this is the first one I've encountered that doesn't work. Because I use Unity, of course, for years now, and... Uh... Yeah, there's not really any excuse for that. And it's not just because, like, oh, they're indie, so they're going to make some mistakes. Uh, Unity's super forgiving to the point where like, something that would normally cause a crash, like if you divide by zero and you shouldn't do that, uh, it won't ever, like, actually crash the game. It just sort of gives you a little debug note and things like that. It's a very friendly engine to work with. I think maybe they just... And it's also super easy to port things over, but if you don't put in the extra work beyond that, like... You can literally just say, okay, I have an I have an iOS build or iOS whatever build for the game, and now I'm just going to swap over and make a PC build for the game. You can do that, and uh, it sounds like that might be almost what they did. Did they at least, like, maybe up, did they, like, redo all the graphics or anything like that? Um, no, I would say everything pretty much looks the same. There's no, there's, like, I guess the resolution's been upscaled, but there's no new effects, like dirt doesn't kick up when you drive or anything like that. My my favorite thing is there's so there's two modes. I didn't really talk about the game that much. There's two modes. There's a drag race where you race up against somebody else and those are the modes I hate because they require you to be very precise with an incredibly imprecise uh, device. The other mode which is slightly more redeeming is a um, I'm not sure how you describe it. It's kind of like Tony Hawk 
I don't know if this makes any sense, but <laughs> it's it's kind of like Tony Hawk in the sense that you're put into a, a, a arena with a bunch of vehicles and a bunch of ramps and like there's there's literally half pipes that you can take the monster <laughs> truck up, and your goal is to basically just go hog wild, just ri- drive over this thing, uh, flip flip over on your back, and then you can do like this little break dance spin to write yourself up again. Um, it's actually probably the most fun thing to do in the game is to flip your truck over and then break dance. To, yeah. to straighten up again <laughs> but even it has its share of problems like driving over cars could not be less satisfying like they just they just kind of <laughs> how, how do you make driving over cars not satisfying they they, they don't crunch or get uh, hurt or they just kind of smush like jelly like they, they just <laughs> you just you'll put your tire on it and it'll just sit there for a minute and then the car will just almost like melt the car is <laughs> deflating a balloon <laughs> They literally look like they're melting. The most satisfying thing is there are RVs or camper trailers scattered around the levels, and those actually break. Like those have four walls with no interior, and they they just break apart when you when you drive into them. And those are pretty satisfying. The problem with those is the broken pieces get stuck under the truck, and then you can't do anything. <laughs> I have watched him play this. It does look pretty radical to the extreme <laughs> oh it's very extreme it has some of the best uh like a plus to their heavy metal soundtrack <laughs> does it have a rift every time you do something right well no what uh... it's pretty much just like five second songs on loop it feels like like just dun 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 I mean, we're not we're not trying to be. I suppose I should clarify: we're not trying to be mean because, as we already said, we got this for free from the developer for the purposes of journalizing it. And uh, yeah, I, we're not trying to be mean. It's just what we're saying is maybe put in. It seems kind of obvious that maybe they didn't try hard enough, and maybe they know they didn't. And I, we're just saying they should put forth a little bit more effort when they make a PC port. I don't think the the developer or anybody from it would would ever ever listen to this, and and I, I hope I'm not being too mean when I describe it. Um, but like I, I went and looked at their Facebook, and it seems to me like they've just moved on to a completely different project at this point. Like it doesn't even really look like. I assume they're not a huge staff, um, and and the the stuff that they were showing looks like they've just kind of forgotten about it and left it in the dust. And I don't know if this is their first game, because um, maybe that's something to consider as well. Uh, but it just it doesn't it doesn't control nicely. It feels just like the mobile version, except just on a bigger screen. And because of some of those mobile leave-ins, it's actually more inconvenient to play it. Okay, so you want to hear about the Stanley Parable then? I really do. I, I'm I very really, curious. I really like the game. I don't know. I guess the one thing that I would caution before we talk about it too much is you know, spoiling it uh, well, overtly. Yeah. And I, I know that you'll be sensitive to that, but it's a, it's a tricky game because... Well, once, well you, uh, once you try to explain it, you have to dance around the spoilers to the point where you may not even be able to explain it anymore. It's a game that I feel like... there's There are a few games like this where people talk about, like, holy shit moments or just, like, you know, they're like, I can't believe this thing happened, but I can't ruin it for you. And a lot of times those are the games that I have to rush out to buy... Because I now I need to know, like it right. generates some interest there. But from the Steam Store page, I wasn't really intrigued by the description because it was like, "Oh, you will play as Stanley, and you won't play as Stanley. 
you'll do this, but you won't do this. And for some reason, I don't know why it like reminded me of the sort of artsy fartsy description of like Mirror Moon. So I was like horrified beyond belief of even opening the game because <laughs> we all remember how Mirror Moon went. But um, I recall you being fond of it. Yes, uh, I have very fond memories of that <laughs> that swell moon. So, um, <clears throat> but the Stanley Parable is pretty fucking awesome because you. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, just a first person, I guess, adventure game, uh, that isn't necessarily all that interactive and that you don't go around, like you don't solve puzzles really. You're just a guy named Stanley who works in this office, tapping away at his keyboard. That's his job. So you work in this office, a sort of nondescript office, I guess. Um, there's no real explanation of what exactly you're doing. Uh, you're just Stanley, and you're very happy typing at your job behind your desk. <laughs> One day, you get this incredible out-of-the-box idea to leave your desk. <laughs> and when you do, you open the door to find that nobody is in the office anymore. The whole game takes place with uh, this narration that's just always over top of you. And the narration doesn't only describe what you do, but it also tries to tell you what to do. You'll leave the office, let's say, and the narrator will say, as you before you even approach these two doors, you'll say, uh, Stanley took the door on the left. And you can either take the door on the left or you can not take the door on the left. And, you know, whichever way you go, the narrator just is sort of forced to go along with whatever you're doing. And the narrator interacts with you in the sense that um, he can become annoyed with you. He can badger you. He's very well aware of your existence and all that. And uh, so, like, one of the non-spoilery things I think I can say that I thought was also funny is at one point I just decided to walk into a broom closet. The narrator was asking me why I had walked into a broom closet, and I was just standing there. And the narrator says, I don't understand why you're just standing here in the broom closet. There's really nothing here. There's... You know, there's mops, there's cleaning agents, uh, that's it. You might as well just turn around and leave the room because that's all there is here. I was interested to see how angry he would get at me just standing in the broom closet doing nothing. And he probably went on for about three minutes talking about how I'm stupid and I'm ugly and nobody likes me. <laughs> he was just, he was getting really upset. And uh, that's sort of the charm of the game, which is that you can direct the narration Oddly, so you know you expect the narration to be directing the game, but you are in essence controlling the narration. It kind of sounds like Bastion in a way. It, Is it, that a fair comparison? I actually would say I would say that it kind of lampshades Bast- Bastion a little bit because like Bastion right. has this this narrator where he, you know he'll be like kid kid came to a fork in the road and yeah. the, the, he knew the left path would be challenging but but quick, but the right path would be long and 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 easy and. Um, and that narrator is is really restricted, right? Because he can't he can't say the things he says until you make the choice, right? Um, and and so it kind of points out that 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 issue of like it's really really hard to narrate a game where the player has free will because there's no way to predict what that player is going to do, um, and that that's why the narrator in the Stanley Parable gets gets a little uh, miffed when you don't follow his directions. I mean, you can it's a sto- it's a story that's. It's hard to describe. It's a linear story in that if you follow the narration of the story and you just follow what the story's doing, it will come to an end in the way that 
the game had intended it to come to an end. Is, so that, you, is that the only way that you get the credits to roll, too? Uh, well, there are no rolling credits. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, th- that's a whole different thing, actually. <laughs> um, I, it's hard to explain it because I'll, I'll just say if there are no rolling credits, you have to find the credits room, <laughs> <laughs> which is an adventure in itself. So um, and there are a lot of ways that it sort of breaks the fourth wall like that, I guess. And that's something I had mentioned off the podcast uh, in chat sometime. I was like, it's impressive that the Stanley Parable breaks the fourth wall so many times. But um, at the same time, that's not really enough to like be like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. Five out of five, because I think just the simple act of breaking the fourth wall has no longer as interesting anymore as it used to be. It's, it's We've not- become pretty accustomed to it. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense, still, the Stanley Parable breaks the fourth wall constantly. Like, you can't go ten seconds without it happening. And, uh, But, you know, there are also reasons to keep playing it over again, because you can come to different endings and demises and things. I mean, I've played it probably in the first hour. I played the game seven times from beginning to end. It's just a matter of what end I came to. And that all just depends on uh, the choices you make and whether you can maybe get past a part or uh, if you just spot something, like you spotted maybe a door you didn't notice last time and you go through that instead. There's not really much in the way of like puzzle solving or interactivity. You poke buttons occasionally, uh, but you never have to solve any puzzles or think very hard about anything. You didn't uh, You didn't play the demo for it, did you? Uh, no. I don't, I don't know if you read the article I put on Enemy Slime about it, but uh, the demo is actually different from the main game. Uh, it's, it's not a sampling of the actual game. It's an entirely different, like, story piece. Um, so that, that's something else that, that you can try. So it, and to, to, to you at home, I guess, if you're curious about this game, you can go play the demo, but know that it may not even be slightly representative of, of the end product. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, it has to be that way, I guess, because um, the only way you could make a demo of this game would be to, like, maybe just close off various entryways into different rooms and maybe just, like, only allow somebody to come to one ending or something. Yeah. I think they just do some... I haven't actually played through it uh, yet, but I I think it's mostly just, like, fourth wall breaking about game demos, that kind of thing. I guess the last thing I would mention about it is it loves to get stuck in itself. So it'll go off on a tangent sometimes if you go off on a tangent and it'll get stuck. Like it'll really just, it'll obsess over the tangent you're stuck in. As I mentioned, the very first part where you really get to make a choice is where you either go left or right. I'll just say that if you continue to be disobedient in a certain way, (laughs) it gets to a point where the narrator's just completely fed up. He's done with your shit. And he keeps trying to trick you to go into the door he wants you to go into, but <laughs> you can like, you can just not do that. And he'll get so enraged that he just starts pelting you with insults and he shows you like a fake leaderboard. He says, this is you all the way at the bottom. Right above you is a dead rat. And then it says like <laughs> on the right, you got an achievement for being ugly and things like that. <laughs> and it'll go off into those tangents where it's like, you know, you'll spend 10 minutes going through all that, and it has nothing to do with the game. It's just like, okay, this is what you wanted, so we're going to keep you in this stupid bubble doing this weird <laughs> offhanded thing for no reason. It's so like did exploring. the narrator ever make you feel bad about yourself? 
no, no, hmm. because I, I pretty much feel I always feel superior to the narrator. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'd let like a five year old play this game. Like it might give them some self esteem problems. <laughs> well, and I did see somebody on the Steam discussion forums for uh, the Stanley Parable saying that. They wanted to know, I guess as somebody who had mental issues, they wanted to know if they were allowed to remove the game from their Steam library because they're saying they have a mental condition where they like, I don't know, I guess the Stanley Parable was like fucking up their capacity to know what's real and what isn't. And they were like obsessing over it and they were like freaking out. I hope they went to a hospital or something because <laughs> Steam support pretty much said, no, we're not going to remove the game from your list. I don't think there's a doctor that can really help with that problem. I don't think so either, but maybe you can go to somebody who says they're a doctor. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good game. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be for everybody if you if you want any sort of action or interaction with the environment. If you want a game, basically, that's maybe you, you can go back to later and play it. You might not want it, but... Well, if you if you want action and excitement, I mean, it's pretty obvious that Monster Truck Destruction is, is <laughs> right. uh, pretty much the only avenue. I think it's possible, very easily possible, to go through the Stanley Parable maybe like 15, 20 times and really just wring it dry of all the endings and everything. And you could maybe even do that in, I guess, three, four hours. Uh, I'd have to spend a little bit more time with it. And uh, after that, I don't think I would ever want to go back to it again because, of course, its big draw is all the scripted narration. And once you've heard it once, you can't really experience it differently. It's going to be the same thing if you keep following the same paths. But uh, it's pretty good. I don't know if Sherlock Holmes is as good as Stanley Parable. So the only reason I actually ended up with Sherlock Holmes was that I mentioned to Jared that I was looking forward to the new one, uh, Sherlock Holmes' Crimes and Punishment. And he mentioned that this particular uh, iteration, the Testament of Sherlock Holmes, went in some pretty weird places. So we ended up getting it, and I ended up playing through it, and here we are with things to talk about. So, so how much of of the conjecture that I that I was uh, hearing was actually accurate? Like, what is this? Is this game? Does it go as off the rails as it sounds like, or is it pretty normal? It's pretty normal, I'm afraid to say. God damn it. Yeah, I know. I was disappointed too, but and the game the game doesn't claim to be as outlandish as that uh YouTube video made it sound, so it's it's not their fault, but but I was really looking forward to that scene and it it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody wants to play it cuz it is actually still a pretty good game uh if you like puzzle games, but So what 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 kind of puzzles? Like how how, how puzzly is it? It's very puzzly. Um, I know that's a weird question to ask. Here's here's like my litmus test for like whether or not I'll enjoy puzzles in a game. Am I going to need a pen and paper? Uh, yes, actually, you almost certainly will. If anyone has actually played uh, any of the previous Sherlock Holmes games by Frogwares, God, I don't even know how many of these there are. There are six or seven, and you know it's always been a a, a puzzle game in the classical sense where it is freaking hard. I tried to play through The Awakening, the uh, Cthulhu Mythos-themed Sherlock Holmes some years back, and I just couldn't do it. It was it was too frustrating. I lost my damn mind. Uh, this version is better, but it's still really hard. You do have some of the more innovative 
puzzles, like you have your deduction board. So as you investigate a scene, you'll come across evidence and you'll use that to make deductions. Like you'll find a piece of evidence and you go to your deduction board and it'll give you three options. Judging off what you know from the scene and the case, you choose which is the correct inference from that option. Like, you know, uh, say you found a gun that had been recently fired. It'll give you three options. You know, this gun was used in a murder. Uh, this gun was fired accidentally, or this is someone else's gun, things like that. But you use that deduction board to piece together other parts of the evidence. So you can reach a conclusion about what happened to the scene. Unfortunately, it's only used three times throughout the whole game. Ooh, how, how long was the game? Uh, it probably took me about 10 to 12 hours. I really like what they're trying to do here. I'm a big fan of the old Sherlock Holmes stories, and I really I don't care for the modern reimaginings because what I've always enjoyed about Sherlock Holmes is that it's so robustly Victorian England with the ruddy-nosed orphans and the crackling fires and things like that. And this game really plays it up. It uh, does a really good job you know, doing the poverty-stricken streets of London and the sitting room on Baker Street and things like that. So I like that. It's just, I mean, one, I don't think Frogwares is a very big developer. They need a bit more time and resources to make a better game. Aside from the fact that it's just too damn hard for a casual gamer like myself, it's pretty buggy, too. Like, whenever you go to open a door, there's like a good 25% chance that you'll just start walking face first into the door ad nauseum until you tell yourself to stop. And sometimes you can't even do that. And that's another thing is this game does not autosave. It's one of the few games where I've ever seen it. Actually, it says right up front, this game does not save automatically. Please be sure to save often. And I, it never actually froze up on me, but I kept worrying that like I'm going to lose the last hour because I'm stuck in a door again. For, for me, every time I go back and play Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, that's a big problem because they, they also still to this day don't have autosaves. For, for specific reasons, like people, people like that about that game, but I always forget and mm-hmm. I will, without fail, I will almost always lose an hour of time in Pokemon at some point. It's funny how we've become so accustomed to that because, you know, it used to be that no games had autosaves, but yeah. I guess we're spoiled. I, I remember I used to have to be, I, I'm generally really paranoid with saves because because I've had so many bad experiences with mm-hmm. uh, with past games. Specifically, I can think of with the Final Fantasy series, uh, <laughs> like like the old PSX ones. I had a lot of situations where like I would if I didn't keep two saves and and rotate back and forth between them, I'd almost always wind up like fucked in the situation where I was out of items and couldn't get out of the dungeon and I come from the school of all WRPGs from for PC. Sure. Uh, and uh I got the save every two seconds mentality from it. <laughs> to the point where when I was playing um Dragon Age Origins Every time that the game would autosave, I would save on top of that, just to be sure. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's well, it was, kind it was of a the, compulsion. I couldn't stop it. That's sort of what I do in like, or what I used to do in Splinter Cell. It's like, oh, there's there's three guys around this corner. I could probably take them out, but there's that one percent chance I might not, and I might die. So I'm going to save <laughs> the game first, and then I do that like every thirty seconds. Like, oh, there's another guy. I better save my game first, just in case. Seeing like uh, like autosave isn't even good enough for me in a lot of cases. Like I remember, um, or not autosave, but uh, quick saves, because um, quick saves usually just keep one uh, one file and that's it. And I remember Max Payne two. I never beat Max Payne two because I 
I was in obsessively quick saving, just like every few steps. I'd be like, all right, time. And I'm in the last, I'm in the last friggin' level, and this dude throws a Molotov at me, and it's like seriously inches from my head, right as I hit the quick save button. <laughs> <laughs> and so I keep loading, and I tried everything that I could think of. I'd load the game and like drop into slow mo as quick as I could. Still hits me. I I load the game and I. Uh, you know, do a do a jump dodge as, as soon as I can, and still hits me. Like no matter what I do, it hits me. And so I never beat that game because my last save was like four hours earlier. All right. So especially after listening to Jason talk about the Raven, not once but twice, it really brought to light like how far along you know puzzle adventure games have come, and this game has not kept up the pace. Like uh, I. When Jared was talking about the inner world, how he doesn't get any rejection dialogue from puzzles. This game doesn't either. You'll try to do something and you'll get him, you know, Sherlock Holmes saying, I need something. Well, it's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> oh, please tell me you wrote that beforehand. <laughs> no, I just stumbled onto that one. I feel a little embarrassed about it now. <laughs> well, that's why it's staying in the podcast. <laughs> Overall, it wasn't too bad. There's... Like in the middle of the game, there's a section where there's probably about five puzzles all in the space of five minutes. Some of them are just, I have no idea how you can do it. The game will, after you screw up enough times, give you the option to uh, pull the right trigger and skip the puzzle. And I hate doing that, but I, I was never going to get some of these things. Like, it requires a man much more clever than I. And then actually it was funny because you get to the end of the game and the puzzles get really easy. It had a lot of problems in that regard. I hope they're paying attention, you know, trying to improve the crap. And really they have, because if you look at, say, Awakening or older Sherlock Holmes adventure games, it's come a long way. I mean, it looks a lot better. The voice acting is pretty good for uh, Sherlock and Watson. Some of the other characters, not so much, but at least I assume it's good. I really can't tell if a British guy is doing good voice acting. It has a very odd, almost completely superfluous use of the Mass Effect dialogue wheel. Oh, God. The, yeah, I know. The Bureau did that, too. Yes or yes with angst. <laughs> well, it's not even like that. It's not like you get – it's a an old-fashioned, like, you know, in Fallout, you just ask your question – or you had your questions, you know, one after another. Right. Now it's so just put them in a wheel because that's just, what we do now. It's just so you can choose the order that you uncover a conversation. Pretty but, much. But the problem is, is we've come to associate a wheel like that with choice – and uh, yes. and so now when I see it and like in the bureau, I'm like, oh, cool, I get a choice. And no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and in Sherlock Holmes, at one point, you're looking for two guys. And I can't remember what the first guy's name was, but I do remember that the other guy's name was Grape Ape. Wait, Grape Ape? <laughs> yes. Grape Ape like, like the cartoon? I was going to say, isn't yes. that okay. like a, I, like a yeah, grape? I don't, I don't know either. It never explains that. But Like a purple monkey. Well, he, he's 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 a person, but well, yes, right. he is called Great Ape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking for Great Ape, and I don't remember what the other guy's name is. Dave. The, the fruit so, fruit. He was probably the fruit fruit. <laughs> the pink panther. It could have been because the third guy in their party was Colonel Kurtz. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on there. But so I go to talk to this other guy about Great Ape and Dave, and. <laughs> Like, it's it's done in the Mass Effect choice wheel, so the top option is Grape Ape, and then the second option is Dave. And I think, like, well, I'm going to switch it up. Let's talk about Dave first. And that ends, like, I talk about Dave, and it ends the conversation. So I have no idea who Grape Ape is. We didn't get to talk about him. 
Did you did you did you find him? Yes, and I almost shot them, but Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean it didn't break the game, it's just I don't know who that guy was or why I was after him really. I just feel like everybody would have been really sad if you had <laughs> shot Grape Ape. I mean, there are like two or three choice or two or three sections in the game where you have to like bluff your way through a situation, like trying to get information out of someone. And it's like three of the options are wrong and two of them will work. But it's totally sloppy because you will all right, so for example, at one point you're playing as Dr. Watson and you're trying to convince this rather uh burly woman to let you into her boarding house and you'll try the first option it's like well i'm a doctor i'm looking for someone who has this rare disease and she'll say no i'm not letting you in and you'll say like well i'm with the police it's like well i know you're not the police i don't care and the third option is like madam at last i've found you i've seen your seen you as a female wrestler and i'm here to paint your portrait oh well come on in then nice to meet you (laughs) I like I like it. So you can basically just like brute force the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's a puzzle game. So, you know, there's there's no way to lose. There's no way to die. It's just d- despite those problems, I mean, it's still overall, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's an interesting story. You know, it may be a little out there for, you know, fans of like the traditional Arthur Conan Doyle works. But overall, it worked out pretty well. Uh, the last thing I have to say is it has the shittiest most disappointing avatar award I could have imagined because about halfway through the game, what is well, halfway through the game, I get this message like, you know, you unlocked a new avatar clothing yeah. and I'm like, Oh sweet. Maybe it's, you know, Sherlock's deer stalker cap or yeah, his pipe or he's got this very nice, you know, striped vest that he wears. It is a fucking t-shirt with Sherlock Holmes written across and a magnifying glass <laughs> on it. Tight. It would have been better if it was like a grape ape suit. <laughs> <laughs> it would have. That, that actually would have been awesome. So that was a huge letdown. Why grape ape? I'm just not following. <laughs> Neither am I. Like grape, like grape as in my first name is grape. My last name is ape. <laughs> or gra- like they call him grape ape. Like, a, I don't know. Is that I assume it's his nickname. I mean, I, I've never heard of an english man and you'll never know about great bait because you you fucked up the dialogue <laughs> ah, it's well, true as i google this now i'm now i'm learning that it's also marijuana so was he marijuana <laughs> <laughs> if, if he was marijuana who was telephone he has <laughs> surprisingly green complexion maybe <laughs> sure so now we know he's either purple or green <laughs> there's actually well, he was, was neither of those. Hold on, we'll, we'll solve this mystery. <laughs> Let's get out say, the deduction board. I would say there's more about Grape Ape Marijuana than there is the Hanna-Barbera character. <laughs> and nothing about Grape Ape and Sherlock Holmes. I yeah, there's, there's almost certainly nothing about <laughs> Sherlock Holmes' Grape Ape. But I'm pretty sure that... Uh, I'm pretty sure Grape Ape uh, does not predate Sherlock Holmes. I'm pretty sure the 50s cartoon... Uh, fairly sure. Fairly sure. I don't know. I'm no Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> strange. It's just a weird anachronism. Like it's just kind of kind of bizarre. Well, like I said, you know, the other guy was Colonel Kurtz. So, although I think the actual original Heart of Darkness did come out around that time, but that could be. Do you think? Uh, do you think in the next Sherlock Holmes, the bad guy will be like Mister Peanut? <laughs> <laughs> And it'll just be like a normal dude. 
<laughs> uh, I can only hope so. That'd just be kind of awesome. <laughs> and actually, you know, there's not a whole lot of information out about the next Sherlock Holmes, but it does look like they've stepped up their game. So I've, I've got my fingers crossed for this one because despite some tumultuous experiences with the Testament of Sherlock Holmes, I'm still like to see what they have next. I'm actually really impressed it's it's still going at all because I mean it's not a terribly popular intellectual property. Like the kids the kids they don't rush out to get the new Sherlock Holmes title. I I used to have uh I used to have an old Sherlock Holmes uh game on PC and it was uh it was like full motion video. I can't think of the name of it. I was trying to find it. Um I guess I'm out of luck in that regard. That does sound familiar. Because I was gonna, I was gonna let you check it out, and oh, oh, here it is. It's called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Oh. Go, uh, go look that up. It actually was released on like fucking everything. It was released on PC, on CDTV, which I'm sure you remember. Oh. It was released for DOS. It was released on DVD. It was released on Macintosh, iPad, OS X, Sega CD, Turbo Graphics CD. Go go check that out. Hey, it's a series. There's Consulting Detective one, two, and three. I actually think I had three because none of it made sense. <laughs> I was also like eight. But let's give a let's give a special thanks to Jay's new body. <laughs> yep, no problem. Um, we served him well. Yep, every every bit as good and maybe slightly better than than original uh, Coca Cola. Um, so thank you there. Uh, if, if you are listening to this reader and you, you want to write into us and tell us how much you don't miss original J, uh, you can, you can reach us at contact at enemy slime.com via email. You could also tweet it at us. You could go onto the, the Twitter sphere, uh, and you could find us at the enemy slime on Twitter and you should definitely do that. Um, and, and totally tweet about us. Ha- hashtag new J. There you go. I'm going to make it trend. It's going to totally trend. And if you're ever playing an adventure game where you have an option between Grape Ape and J Classic, just choose Grape Ape. It's probably more just interesting. Choose, just choose Grape Ape because <laughs> J Classic might end the conversation tree. Right. Um, God damn it. I don't know. All that other shit, too. Follow us on Facebook. Go to our website. Do, do, just do what you want. Do whatever you want. It's your life, live, man. Yeah, live your life and be free. <laughs> And also, but but don't be completely free. Next week, make sure to listen to the podcast because it is going to be a special Halloween-themed podcast. A lot of work has gone into it, and if you're not there, I'll kill you. It'll be a very, a very special, very special podcast episode. All right, we're out. All right.